Matthew chapter 22. Let me just find it as well. Let's just read from verse 34, please. Verse 34. But when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Let us pray. Father, we thank you, Father, that in a holiday season, We thank you, Lord, in such a warm morning that you've placed it into the hearts and minds of your people to be here. Lord, to be here in your presence and to remember your son, the breaking of bread, the drinking from the cup. We thank you for Calvary. We thank you for the Lord Jesus who gave his life for us. We thank you for your word which we've heard. We thank you, Father, above all things, that you give your best. Lord, we love you. And Lord, it's even ridiculous for me to pray it when we even need you to help us love you more. Lord, would you do that? Move in all of our hearts this morning. May there be hearts leaving this place, souls leaving this place, not only glad they're saved and built up upon their most holy faith, but may they leave here this morning with a freshness of love for the Savior. May your Spirit speak to our hearts and have his way. For Jesus' name's sake, amen. So without doing a big recap of last week, we talked about this one verse. When the Lord is asked by a lawyer in the law, What is the first and great commandment? What is the greatest of the commandments? And we looked at the 10 moral commandments last week. And look at this in verse 37. The Lord Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. In other words, if we fail, In this one, if we fail in this one commandment, we have failed them all. James tells us that if we fail in one commandment or we break one commandment, then we break them all. It's like a man with a chain, using it to think it's stronger to climb up a mountain. And the man with the chain is with his friend, also with a chain. And they're climbing up and they're almost at the top and one of the links breaks and the man falls to the ground to his death. And the other man, three links in his chain break and he also falls likewise. There was no difference between one and three. The outcome was the same. And so is the moral commandments of God, the Ten Commandments. When we break one, we break them all. And the Lord Jesus, we're going to look at this this morning. 
We want to look at the, the love of God to us and enhance how our love toward him should be. Remember last week we looked briefly at the Ten Commandments, four commandments, the first four. The first four were between or are between God and man, man and God. They are vertical in other words. Loving the Lord with all your heart. The first four, we can't go into it, we looked at it last week. The next six of the ten are horizontal between man and man. And so the Lord Jesus encapsulates it in this scripture. He tells us the first and great commandment is, I shall love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. I shall love thy neighbors thyself. So the one, thou shalt love the Lord thy God, takes up the first four and one tablet of stone. And the horizontal, loving thy neighbor as thyself, takes up the next six between ourselves. So this morning we want to look at this a little bit further. But if we were to break the first commandment, then we're guilty of them all. And so we're sinners before God. Can I say something? We all break the first commandment. All the time. Every one of us. Every single one of us. But I can tell you something else. Jesus kept them to perfection. For you and for me. And hence in our weaknesses still in this body of flesh. With this mind that's hither and thither at times. That vacillates between what we want and what God says. The flesh and the spirit warring one against the other. We find that these are written on our hearts. Absolutely they are. But we find because Christ has kept them. When we're washed in the blood then as Christ has kept them, so have we. And our Father sees us through the medium of Christ, and our Father sees us as not guilty, that we're perfected in his presence. I take note of this this morning. We looked at the word love here. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God. And it's the word agapeo. It's very akin and alike agape. And I'm going to tell you this again. I'm not going to tell you the, the story I told you last week or the illustration because it'll take too long. But the word love here, thou shalt love the Lord thy God. It means to love dearly, to love very, very, very much. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God dearly. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God very, very, very much with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. Now, the word agape, agapeo, is it's very closely akin to it. The word agape, this is what it means. It is a love which is called out of one's heart. Listen, a love which is called out of one's heart according to the preciousness of the object which is loved. So whatever calls the love out of your heart because it's so precious to you. I hear the wee baby over there and they're fine. Don't worry about them. That wee baby, mommy, your heart 
the love is called out of your heart by that baby. That baby can't do special deeds. That baby needs you entirely. That baby needs looked after and it needs cleaned at times and changed. And as it grows and matures, it, it's needing nurtured and fed. In fact, it's so helpless, such as the man and woman before God. But the love that is called out of the heart by you, mother, for that, from you, mother, by that child. The love that is called out of the heart from the father for their child. That's agape love because they're so precious to you. They are the object that has loved them because they're so precious. That is the love. And so we are to love the Lord our God very, very much, very dearly. And he and his word and the things of God are to be our prized possession, our treasure. And that, the things of God, should call the love out of our heart more, even more, than the things of this world. Than the things that we hold dear. Than the comforts of life. And even than your very children themselves. Christ first. But when you give your life to him, when your heart is for him, when he is prized above all others and above all else, guess what happens? He increases your love for them. He increases your love for your children, for your family. That's why there's many a man and a woman who have been in the world and the ravages of the world have caused them to go all sorts of ways and directions, to take all sorts of substances and to do things, and their poor children are forgotten about. And you might ask someone who's high in drugs or addicted to drink or whatever, and you could ask them, do you not love your children enough? And they say, well, it's an honest. They say, but does the love of your, for your children not matter more? But they love the drink more. They become dependent on it more. More than their family, more than their children, more than their household. And hence it's destroyed. But when you love Christ, he takes the man and the woman, the, uh, the, the alcoholic or the drug addict, just to name somebody, takes the sinner, he takes them, and he changes the heart until you fall in love with Jesus. And when you are in love with Christ, yes, I said in love with Christ, I have fallen in love with him. It's a holy love. It's a spiritual love. And when you fall in love with him, he endues you with love for others, for your family. And hence he changes the man and the woman who were addicted. And he delivers them and he changes them that they love the things of God. And hence, you love your children even more than you did before. This word, it is a love which is called out of one's heart according to the preciousness of the object that is loved. And love describes an attribute of God. Will you turn with me? We're going to turn to a few scriptures here to 1 John, please. 1 John, the little letter of John. 1 John, chapter 4. 
And we're going to read from verse 7. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. Now take note here. Here we're moving into what? The second commandment. The next six on the table of stone. Loving God, but loving each other. This is the, the, the second commandment of Matthew 22 when he encapsulates the first four in the first and great commandment of the moral commandments and the last six in the second table of the law. There he encapsulates it, and thou shalt love your neighbors yourself and so on. Verse 8, and he that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. God's very essence is love. You see, God is love, but love is not all that God is. Let's mark that. God is love. It's his nature. It's his essence. But love is not all that God is, for God is love, but God has wrath. God is love, and he loves you, but God has wrath for the Christ rejecter. Take note on verse 9. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. In other words, he sent his Son to be our mercy seat. Mercy is found in Jesus. And in only Jesus. God's love is manifest in Jesus and in only Jesus. Verse 11. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to love one another. Just let your eye, for time's sake, just run down with me to verse 12. Or pardon me, 14. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever confesseth that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. And we have known and believed that the love, the love that God hath to us, God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. He's talking to believers here. He's saying, if you love him, it's only because he first loved you. And if you love him, he dwells in you. And you will love others. Listen, brothers and sisters. See when I see other brothers and sisters. And they tear lumps out of each other. For no reason whatsoever. Instead of even helping one another. I can tell you this. It's hurtful. They hear it. It's terrible. When they war and fight one against another, we have to step back and look and say, where is God in all of this? Amen? Where is God in all of it? This law should be written, is written in our hearts. 
So how many commandments do we break every day? Thank God for his grace. Herein is our love made perfect. That we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. Because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. Listen, are you afraid of what will happen in the day of judgment? I'm not. Are you afraid of what will happen in the day of judgment? I'm not, because I know he loves me and I won't be there. And I have the boldnesses, the reverence, the confidence before God. Why does he love you, Ken? I've no idea. I've no idea because he chooses to. Because he chooses to. Listen to the words of Charles Haddon Spurgeon. I stand here to preach illimitable love, unbounded grace to the vilest of the vile, to those who have nothing in them that can deserve consideration from God. Men who ought to be swept into the bottomless pit at once if justice meted out to them their deserts. Sometimes we forget love one for another and we want justice for what they said or what they done. I want justice. We don't want justice, brothers and sisters. We want mercy. Because if God gave every one of us our just desserts, we would be swept into the bottomless pit of hell. But because he loved you, he sent his son and was manifest to die for you. 1 John 4, 9. In this was manifest the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. See the word manifest. It's a word, fanarao, something like that. It's a big word hard to pronounce, fanarao. And it means to make actual and visible. To make actual and visible. To be realized, to be realized. To expose to view. To expose to view. To appear. To be plainly recognized. God's love. How do we know you love me, God? Listen, I don't know if you have said this, and I've been guilty of this. Father, do you still love me? Do you still love me? Lord, I'm feeling like this. How do I know you love me? And when we think of it, I'm not trying to hurt anyone here, but I'm speaking to me about me. We insult our Father. Let's be honest. We insult him because he says, love you. I give my son for you. Love you. You're asking me, do I love you? I give heaven's gems for you. I give the diadem of beauty for you. 
I give the best of glory for you. Do I love you? What more can I do for you? Jesus, do you love me? Do I love you? I went to Calvary for you. Do I love you? I went to the cross for you. Do I love you? I shed my blood for you. Do I love you? I went to the tomb for you. I went into the realms of the dead for you. And you're asking me, do I love you? Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. Isn't that true? Brothers and sisters, no doubting this day. As true as the sun is in the sky, and we feel the heat in this tent this morning, as true and as real as that is to you and greater, your heavenly Father loves you. He loves you. And if his love doesn't break you, and if the realization of his love doesn't melt you, if his love doesn't touch you, then your heart is a heart of stone. Father, Lord, thank you for loving me. Thank you for your great love wherewith you have loved me. Thank you for your everlasting love. Therefore, he says, with cords of love have I drawn thee. We find here the manifest love. God, show me you love me. Look at the cross. Show me, Father, just one more time that you love me, then lift the word and read it. Show me one more time that you love me, and read about Calvary. Read about Jesus on the cross. Read about the soldiers around it. Read it and read it and read it again. Matthew and Mark and Luke and John. Read it and read it when Paul says that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. Read it and read it over and over and over again, brothers and sisters. And what will you come up with? That you're loved by God today. You're loved by your Father. See if no one else loves you. See if the whole world turned against you. You're still loved. Listen, church. The world is turning against you. If you're a blood-washed, born-again believer, the world is turning against you. Turning against me. The governments of this world are turning against us. It's a spirit of Antichrist prevalent in the nations. But I can tell you, they may hate you. They may deride you. They may slander you. Even take you to beat and scourge you. But one thing you can be assured of. Your heavenly father, he loves you. He loves you. Will you turn with me to John's Gospel, chapter 1, please? John's Gospel, chapter 1. 
In this was manifest the love of God. I want you to see John chapter 1 verse 29. John is baptizing at the river Jordan. And it says, The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me cometh a man which is preferred before me, for he was before me. Now remember, John's six months older than him. He's talking in the spirit. He's talking as God. And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore am I come baptizing with water. See the word manifest to Israel. He became a man and he walked the shores of Galilee, right down into Judea, into Jerusalem. And there the remnant of Judah saw him. He was manifest. He became real. The prophets had spoken of him. The patriarchs even had prophesied of him. And here now he appears at the banks of the river Jordan. And John says, Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. Here the manifest love of God enters into the river to be baptized of John. And the gospel goes out to the lost sheep across the lands of the house of Israel. And the gospel goes out, and the whosoever will that would hear it. There he is made manifest at the preaching of the word of God. There he's made manifest through the spirit and the word. The manifest love of the Father found in the person of Christ through the Holy Ghost, preached through the word of God by those whom he sent forth to preach it. You know this morning what's happening through this word God is showing you new and afresh the manifest love of God because you may have just forgotten it. And so we preach Christ and him crucified. So the manifest love is in the word this morning. Turn with me again to 1 John. We're having you flicking back and forward. It'll sharpen your sword. 1 John chapter 1, please. Verse 1. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life. Notice, for the life was manifested and we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested unto us. Here's John, the young apostle, now an old man. John, who leant on his, on his breast, the breast of Jesus at supper, and heard, as it were, the heartbeat of God. John is saying, listen, he is the eternal life. He is the one who is with the Father. He is the one made manifest to us. He says, stop looking for another Messiah. Listen, they're talking about and showing videos over in Jerusalem. They're looking for the Messiah. They're waiting. The Jews are waiting for the Messiah. The Jews are singing about the Messiah. They miss him. They've missed him. Christ is the Messiah. Jesus is he. And he was the love of God. And God manifests 
from the banks of the River Jordan, the whole way to Golgotha's Hill. I love you. still manifesting his love unto you and I in the person of Christ. First John 3, please, while we're here. Verse 4, Whoso committeth sin transgresseth the law also, also the law, Notice, for sin is the transgression of the law. So our sin is because we've broken the law of God. That's what we're speaking of. And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins. Now listen, I want you to read that verse out loud. We'll all read it together. And in case you're not reading the proper translation, read it off the screen then. Okay. Let's read this together. You ready? And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins and in him is no sin. Let's read it louder. And ye know that in and in him is no sin. I made the mistake one more time. You ready? And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins and in him is no sin. So here we're asking ourselves, and you know. Do you know? It's to have knowledge by experience. And you know that he was manifested. He came down. He was made flesh. He went to the cross. He kept our sins and took our sins in his own body on the tree. He kept the law we couldn't keep. He lived the life we couldn't live. And he died in our room instead, in our place, as our great substitute, shedding his precious blood. Why? Because he loved you. Oh, brothers and sisters, if you could get this into you this morning, when you go home, you're going to be praising Jesus all the day long. Thank you for loving me, Lord. Thank you for blessing me, Lord. Thank you for saving me, Lord. Thank you for your precious blood, Lord. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. And your heart will love him as much as he has loved you. And oh, how far fall we, we go down deeper. We fall far away in our hearts from him. Look, at, look up, up with me at chapter 3 and verse 8, please. He that committeth sin is of the devil. And for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested that he might, hallelujah, destroy. When you say destroy, destroy. when you shout it out, destroy. destroy. What did he come to do? Destroy the works of the devil. Shout it out, Destroy the works of the devil. He was manifested to take away our sins. Listen, don't give the devil the victory. Don't give the devil any glory. The devil is not omnipotent. The devil isn't all-powerful. The devil isn't omniscient. He doesn't know your mind. He may put things into your mind, but he doesn't know your mind. And the devil, he's not, certainly not omnibenevolent. He doesn't love you. 
He's not omniscient. He's not everywhere at once. Christ came to destroy the works of the devil. See, in my life, the devil had me in a tight grip. See, when I got saved and blood washed. See, when I got saved and the Holy Ghost regenerated my heart and I came to the cross in repentance. And when you came in repentance, your sins were all washed away. And every, everything, the addictions that were in me, the alcohol and the drugs and the old fleshy carnal man and the man who had, uh, he had no con- convictions in his heart ever because he was dead in sins. And the devil had me bound. He had me with fetters. He had me in chains. He had me in darkness. But when Christ drew me to the cross uh, and when he washed me in his blood uh, and when he filled me with his spirit, guess what? He destroyed the works of the devil. And it's time we lived it it's time we really knew it and time we believed it. It's time we walked in it in the victory which is ours in the Lord Jesus Christ. Give him the glory. He's worthy of it. And so he destroyed the works of the devil. Satan, you're under my feet. You're under my feet. He comes into your family. Oh, the first thing, oh, the devil, the devil. Listen, never mind when he comes into your family. It's not the devil, the devil says, Lord, we're putting him out. He's a defeated foe. He is a defeated foe. First John 4, I'm trying to stay close here. I have to watch, hold on now, look. I'm going to have to round up in a moment. First John 4, and let your eye run down, please. The verse 9, and this was manifested the love of God toward us, but that because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Listen, his only begotten son. You know what that means? There's nobody else. There's nobody else. There's nobody else. I heard a testimony of a woman last night at the meeting. She says she tried a whole lot of things because she was under attack and her life had been a mess. And she tried all these tantrics and charms and she tried, you know, Christians are going to all these uh, yoga sessions with meditation all this. Listen, you're inviting the devil into you. You're opening a door in a gateway. You hear me? You're opening a door in a gateway. You need to shut the door and open your heart to Christ. You may open your mind and believe in him that he has destroyed the works of the devil. Listen, his only begotten son means there's no other way. There's no other way. If you want delivered, there's deliverance in Christ. When you want to save, there is salvation in Christ. But if you want delivered from something, if you're not saved, there's deliverance in Christ. So go with me. To Romans 5, I'm going to do this first and then I'll have to wrap it up. Romans chapter 5. I'm just going to pick out one verse for time's sake and I'll take a drink while you're looking that up. Romans chapter 5, please, and verse 8. But God commandeth his love toward us that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us 
I find that one of the hardest verses to believe. You know why? When I think of who I was. That you would love me. That you would love me even when I blasphemed your name. And I did. I used to joke about things about Christ. Lord, that you would love me after the life I lived. Things I've done. He just didn't love you after it. He loved you while you were in it. He loved you while you were in it. That's what makes it hard for me sometimes when I see me, but then I see him. I forget about it all. The word here, but God commendeth his love. The word commendeth is the word synastomy. Synastomy. And it means to place together, to exhibit, to prove, to stand with. To place together, to exhibit, to prove, to stand with. But God placed his love. God exhibited his love. God stood with me in love, with you. Stood fast. It gives the idea from a word that gives the idea when you stand fast and you move, he moves. When you stopped, he stopped. And then when you move through your life, think of the dens you were in. Well, I'll think of me. You think of the mindset that you had. You think of the vulgarity of it. You think of the violence maybe of it. You think of the things you're in a stupor about in your heart and your mind. Think of the nights. I've seen me waking up the next morning and people saying to me that the very veins in my throat were throbbing because I'd passed out with the drugs I was taking. My heart must have been pounding hard. And this we're saying, your veins are pushing out through your neck when you're sleeping. And all the time, his love stood right beside me. You listen, I'm saying this to glorify any work of the devil, but I was in a party one night. I had taken drink and drugs. And I was as high as old kite, as we would say. Someone spiked my drink with a load of drugs and I swallowed them by mistake. I didn't know. And I dropped in the middle of a party. I remember just collapsing to the ground. And I woke up in the dark, in the middle of the night, under a bush or a hedge. I can't remember what it was. I found out the thought I had died. They thought I'd passed away. And they didn't want the police to catch me. They carried me away. And rolled me under a bush. And that. That's who the world is. And they may have discarded me like a dead dog. Full of all sorts of people there. I'll not go into They may have discarded me like a dead dog. Hoping that it wouldn't come back to where they were. 
not even under that bush. In a drunk-fueled, comatose state. And I didn't know anything about it. God and his love, he stood with me. He stood with me. I heard the preaching of the gospel of saving grace. Pastor James McConnell preached obstacles God puts in the sinner's road to stop them going to hell. And all along the way I didn't realize he had been placing things preparing me preparing my heart, preparing my life to bring me under the sound of the gospel. I'd never have been, I would never go to a church. To this night, I heard how Christ loved me and gave his life for me. His love stood with me. Even when you were like that, yes, he knew me. Yet he loved me. He knew you. And yet he loved you. God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners. See that word sinners? I think we all know sin is, and we think it's what we do. Our very being, our core of our nature is sin very core of us. And the word here for yet sinners is the word harmalotos. And this is what it means though, that while I was devoted to sin, listen, while I, you can put you there if you want, but I'm speaking of me, while I was devoted to sin, I was devoted to sin. listen, I used to give days and nights and weeks to the devil. I spent everything I had, then I went by hook or by crook until the fraud squad arrested me to get money. I couldn't tell you half the things that I was up to. Because I loved the devil and his word and all those things. Nice to say there'd be nothing better to die than if, sure, if I died, it wouldn't be great if I was in a party, everybody living it up and party. That was my mindset. I loved the things of the world and the devil. I loved it, but I didn't love Christ. I was devoted to the things. I'm sure many of you were brothers and sisters, but how devoted now that you're saved? With the same devotion, brother, sister, now that you're saved, Can you not be devoted to Christ with even half of it? This word yet sinners means devoted to sin. Listen, here's what it means. Preeminently sinful and even wicked. Cain was preeminently sinful and even wicked. No conscience of what I was doing. No thought of God. None of it. But yet his love came and stood with me.
My life was stained with wickedness and vile of sin. And he stood with me to the night I heard of Christ on the cross. The manifest love of God. See now that I'm in Christ. See since I've been saved and from you have been saved. You know what the agape love is? That Jesus went all the way to Calvary to die. He absolutely for it drew the heart out of God. He set his love upon us. Absolutely. But now that I'm in Christ, when the Father looks at me, he sees the Lord Jesus. And the love he has for his beloved son, he has for me. And he has for you. Brothers and sisters, leave today and love him. Leave today and love him. Serve him. He loves you. He loves you. God bless his word to us. For his name's sake. Amen. Tell me to come up, please. We're going to close with a hymn.